0: Welcome to Becoming a Sleep Consultant. I'm your host, Jane Havens, a certified sleep consultant and founder of both Snooze Fest by Jane Havens and Center for Pediatric Sleep Management. On this podcast, I'll be discussing the business side of sleep consulting. You'll have an insider's view on launching, growing, and even scaling a sleep consulting business. This is not a podcast about sleep training. This is a podcast about business building and entrepreneurship. Elizabeth Barron is a New York State licensed mental health counselor and psychotherapist with a master's degree in counseling psychology from Columbia University's Teachers College. Her primary clinical focus is maternal mental health from preconception and pregnancy through postpartum and parenting. Previously, she worked as a therapist at the Motherhood Center of New York, where she developed her expertise in treating perinatal mood and anxiety disorders. While at the Motherhood Center, she also served as the community partnerships lead and worked to educate new and expecting mothers and clinical providers on the importance of maternal mental health. Today, she provides individual therapy in her private practice, moderates several support groups, and offers webinars and educational talks to several different brands across the parenting space. Deeply committed to destigmatizing maternal mental health issues, she is passionate about helping women through all stages of motherhood. If you missed Elizabeth's first appearance on the podcast, scroll back to episode 15. We discussed the mental and emotional challenges of entrepreneurship, and it was a great conversation. Elizabeth, welcome back to the Becoming a Sleep Consultant podcast. As always, I'm thrilled to be chatting with you today.
1: Thanks Thanks for having me back. You know, I love being here.
0: So I wanted to have you back on the show today to discuss ways that we as sleep consultants can protect our own mental health while supporting our clients through stressful circumstances. I think that this is something that's really hard to do, especially in the early stages of our careers. I remember one of the very first clients that ever hired me. She was a mom that was struggling with some pretty severe postpartum anxiety. And it's actually a case that I will never forget. She was sleeping on an air mattress with her five month old, and he was latched to her breast the entire night. And, you know, I was brand new. And I simply suggested that she lie next to him and comfort him with touch and her calming voice. And she was so incredibly triggered Mm -hmm. by Her by by the response that her baby had, obviously he was really, really upset by this change. And I had never seen such an intense response from a mom during a really sort of, what I thought was like a gradual approach to sleep training. Um, And I felt like I didn't have the tools to support her emotionally. And I felt like my own blood pressure was skyrocketing. You know, she was asking for a refund and accused me of bait and switch, you know, saying that I was essentially telling her to let her baby cry it out, which of course I wasn't. And I was a total mess worrying about her mental health. And I was feeling like I totally failed her. And frankly, like my own mental health was suffering as well. And, you know, now with more experience, I feel confident that none of this would play out the same way, you know, with a family that I'd work with today. But, but, you know, I think that this story will probably resonate with a lot of sleep consultants who are listening to this podcast, as most of us have faced a difficult situation, maybe similar to this one at some point in our careers. I'm wondering if you have any thoughts on how we sleep consultants can position ourselves to navigate these circumstances while still protecting our own mental health?
1: Oh, my God, Jane.
0: Ah, it's like heavy, right?
1: Heavy. And yet for me, of course, so familiar based on my expertise, right. In treating perinatal mood and anxiety disorders all day long in my private practice. But what I first want to say is if I could just hug you and that mom in that moment, right. It just feels like both of you, if I can visually see, um, sort of you in the nursery, you know, um, she needed a hug, and so did you, which was like, let's figure this out together. So I guess let's start by going a little deeper here, surprise sitting with me today, around how you could have used yourself and your body and the signal that's so fast came to you, like your blood pressure spiked and you were like, something's wrong here. What's happening here? So, I mean, of course I want to ask what would you have done today so that all your sleep consultants out there know. And yet I wonder what it would have been like in these moments and for everyone listening to just narrate the experience of what you were seeing, right? And to really use your body. Go ahead.
0: So I think the reason for why it wouldn't impact me the same way is so much about just me having more experience and me being a little bit desensitized to Mm -hmm. that like sort of stressful response. You know, I Mm -hmm. just having years of experience, I'm more used to, I've just sort of become more comfortable with my clients having moments of discomfort. Mm -hmm. And I think to some degree that just took some time. Uh, I also think that I've become way better about managing expectations. You know, if this was one of my very first clients, okay, this was like, I was brand new in my business. And I didn't, if I if I had to guess, I mean, I don't have a super clear memory of sort of like the lead up to all of this. But if I had to guess, I probably didn't coach her on what it was going to sound like, and what it was going to feel like. And now those are conversations that we absolutely have before getting started. So to some degree, I think I was just really green. And I sent her a bunch of sleep training techniques. And she chose the sort of most gentle or parent present strategy, which I thought she would be comfortable with. And I wrongly assumed that, right? Like just because she was there comforting her baby, and just because she was fully present in supporting her baby, like that that noise that was coming from her baby was too intense for her and she um, emotionally couldn't handle it. And I, you know, this was a virtual consultation. I wasn't there with her to give her that hug. And so I was trying to talk her through it via text message, which I guess just didn't feel so supportive, right? Like you have your baby crying and you have your sleep consultant texting you. And, you know, I probably-
1: and there could have been more to the story. We didn't know then when you think about text message and virtual, you and I talk about this all the time. Who is the mother behind the baby that you're coming on board to work with, right? What was her history and and whether you're a psychologist, a therapist, and, or just a lovely sleep consultant, really what we're saying is, is it can feel really overwhelming for a mom to have these kinds of physical reactions and emotional sensations that are connected to her baby's experience. So I love, and I know we'll talk about that later your your sort of statement here for everyone listening which is like what are the expectations up front and how can we actually predict and anticipate a lot of what might come up for you while sleep consult while sleep training sleep learning you yeah. need to talk about what how the, how you're framing it right now for your population but i think to go back to my earlier point about narration someone might be like what does that mean i feel like in that moment what would have been so wonderful is for the two of you to look at each other And both talk about what you were experiencing, like you to say, it seems like you're both worried about the baby being separate from your body right now because the fear of, of, of the baby's cry is so great. And you hired me to come help you. Let's figure this out together. You know, that little pillar or that that program you picked from the worksheet clearly isn't what you need. Let's talk about how hard mothering can be in this moment. I've been there too. I'm a mother of two using yourself. So just narrating what you see sometimes can also help. I think for sleep consultants and all human beings unveil this perfectionism, this, this will, this need, which I know again, we'll talk about for the person in the room or the person on the other side of the phone, receiving the text message to feel like you have all the answers you didn't, we didn't know that baby well enough. And we clearly didn't know that mom
0: well enough in that moment. Right? Yeah. And I love your you always use the word and so beautifully, right? It's like, you are really stressed and your baby is really upset right now. And we're going to work together with these tools to help you both get over this hump, right? Or whatever, whatever the two things are, but like the and you always yeah. use that so beautifully, yeah. um, I think is so important. It's such a valuable tool. Like it's okay for her to have those feelings and to be really struggling. And like there are tools and solutions and we can, we can work on it. Yeah. And, and
1: nothing lasts <laughs> forever. I think that'll be our theme today because it, it just so belongs when we think about how sleep consultants can care for themselves. My answer already is like, well, sometimes we can, and sometimes we can't. And sort of like some days we're better than others. So I think let's talk more about how Anne plays a role across the board, whether you're working
0: or for ourselves. Yeah. When, when I meet with prospective CPSM students, a lot of them express fear around the idea of not being able to always solve their client's problems. Like what if we do everything we know how to do? And the two weeks later, you know, the situation isn't resolved. How do we, how do we mitigate some of that pressure that we as professionals are putting onto ourselves? I imagine that you come up against this as a therapist, right? Like people come into your office with something they're struggling with. And I think we carry their weight on our shoulders sometimes. And, and I know that as you know the owner and founder of Center for Pediatric Sleep Management i carry the weight like i want all of my students to be successful right so how do we handle that emotional load that we're carrying on behalf of our clients
1: it's funny jane that question to me feels heavier in a way in my own body when you ask them that earlier question about that one mom because this idea that how do we sort of manage our expectations for ourselves and the people we care about like your students to sort of do well in the world? I mean, what a normal, appropriate, beautiful question. And yeah, and so challenging when you are so caring and you have such high sort of goals for people. And also you want to do your best and really support people. I think when you're someone who comes to this work like me, and even as sort of a recovering people pleaser, right, we all sort of feel this need to help, 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 and that it has to be perfect. And yet what's life look like, right? It's filled with uncertainty and ambivalence and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. So to go back to your question, I think my first reaction is sort of like, how do women start by managing expectations, as you said earlier, or men, by the way, who are working with with new and expecting moms and families? My reaction is always, and I wonder how much you talk about this in the Facebook group and in your community, is like, what is the aggressive sort of need to figure it out those first couple of weeks? Is it because of the 12 by 12 book? Is it because of Instagram? Is it because of some sort of media stigma, now social media pressure? Because I wonder what it would be like to reframe the beginning weeks when you're working with someone to be thinking about sleep learning and foundational skills that are essential to be setting up in people's houses so that as you're raising children, not just caring for babies that can feel robotic and monotonous, right? That somehow we can help families understand that by working with you, we're going to be set up for things like daylight savings or when the two-year sleep progression comes or when the molars come or when they're scared of the dark or when they need that hatchlight, Like my daughter right now changed all the time. <laughs> like how can we really help people? I think feel so much less intensely connected to whatever success means in those first couple of weeks. Whereas really, if we could focus on foundational sleep and skills and learning and tools for forever, maybe we'd feel less pressure as sleep consultants. Not like I am one, but I pretend to be one through you. And am I making sense? Like I just become so frustrated when I get this question around the need to figure out sleep during those two weeks that they're working with you.
0: You know? Yeah. So, I think that you hit the nail on the head. And this is something that I have figured out in my business that I think a lot of sleep consultants have not yet figured out. And that is that I. Are you sure you want to
1: share? Are you sure you want to
0: share? Yes, 100%. (laughs) I want to share because I think that this is so important that we are not necessarily promising a very specific, certain. Result. I, I don't think we should be, right? Yeah. What people hire me, you know. I have moms that hire me, you know, these moms. Mm-hmm. They are wildly successful in their careers. They have, you know, they've gone to like the top universities and law school and they're they're type A and they they get everything right all the time. And then they have a baby and they can't figure it out. Like, why is my four month old not taking the three or four beautiful naps that it says she should be taking in the mom's on call book or the baby wise book. Right. And they literally feel like failures because they Mm -hmm. can't nail it. And they get on a call with me and they are expecting me to say to them that like, I will help them to, to make that happen. Like, yes, like if you hire me, you will get an A plus in naps. Right. And, and that is not what I tell them. I tell them that the reason that they hire me is to help them navigate these situations, both to like help their baby have a better day, but maybe most importantly, to help mom have a better day. And I help them to realize that they're not failures because their babies are taking 35 minute naps. And I want to help them, yes, improve some of those naps, but also understand how to navigate the day when your baby does take a 35 minute nap, so that you don't feel like an epic failure in life. And, and that is my position as a sleep consultant. And you know what, sometimes I lose the business, because I think some of these moms will go find someone that will tell them that, that they can get their baby to take three 90 minute naps, and they'll, fall for that. And they'll hire the other sleep consultant. And then they'll come back to me later. It happens. I
1: love it so much because yeah. you speak exactly to the fact that you are humanizing, as we always talk about the experience of sleep and mothering, by the way, as more of a realistic frame for life versus this color coded map that somehow will also be able to help you when you need to skip a nap for your grandma's 95th birthday, or um, there's no blackout shades at the beach house that you rented this summer or whatever it is, right? And so you know how much I love your sort of frame there and the way in which you're interpreting also, yeah, to our really type A, uber achieving, high, high, high performing, perfectionistic moms that we both love and treat and help all day long sort of Stop, pause, and think about their babies for a second and themselves as humans and not as robots who need to figure out how to sleep in that moment. I yeah. love your comment about the thirty minute nap. I remember texting you too, probably after the birth of my second, right? You did. Like, but how long will it take to elongate? And yet, I remember what it felt like to some days want to rescue a nap and others day, other days not, but giving myself permission, to figure it out based on what I needed in that moment really comes from you asking me, which we'll talk about also in the next question or so, what do I need in this moment? And I think going into homes, virtually speaking, and really helping women say, I'm here to help your guide, not only for these two weeks, but to hopefully help set you up for bigger success ongoing. Let's try and think about that macro. Let's figure out who your family is. Who is your baby? Who are you?
0: Yeah. And then I also think that like reframing what success looks like, allows you to have a higher success rate, right? If you're setting yourself up to only be successful, if the baby takes three 90 minute naps and sleeps through the night every single night, like you're setting yourself up for a tough job, right? Because that's not the way babies work all the time, sometimes, but not always. And so I like to position myself, like for me, success is after the two weeks, mom is feeling more confident. And the baby is sleeping better. Definitely, right? Like I'm a sleep consultant, I want the baby to sleep better. But also, like mom is more confident when something goes against the grain, you know, when something happens that, that she didn't plan for, she knows how to navigate it. And that makes me successful. Because even if the baby took a 35 minute nap, Mom didn't freak out, and that—that's a win. That is the win.
1: And this is why you'll have to work until you're 400 years old, because I need you as such an extension of my work that I do with my moms all day long in my practice, where on an emotional level we're talking about the experience of what it feels like to both. Feel like you can sort of figure it out. Do you want to skip that nap for for music class? How important is that music class for you to attend? How much are you craving social environment? Oh, wait, your baby has to nap. Well, let's think about it together. And let's also really prioritize our mental health first, knowing that a well mom who can also sleep will feel like she can actually enjoy this baby, right, rather than treating it like a robot. So, you're so my ally in in improving mom's mental health overall, I think sometimes without even realizing.
0: Yeah, it sort of happened by accident. I don't know, I don't know where I spiraled into this sort of attitude and philosophy. I think it just helped me to be more successful in my business. I noticed that when I sort of moved the needle and and changed what success looked like, I became more successful and and my clients felt more successful. So it was sort of like a win for everybody.
1: I have to add there, maybe this is for a different discussion, but sort of, I also think what you're saying and what you do so beautifully with your clients is, is you help them find trust in themselves and trust for their babies that they can figure it out together. Also when they're no longer working with you. And I think that's just such a powerful universal wish that I have for so many, both sleep consultants and moms that are listening also, right, that that Jane or myself and also in yourselves, you've all got this. But we also that brings on attachment and what's going on with mental health and all these other things. So,
0: trust. yeah, well, I think I think a lot of the time sleep consultants, they doubt themselves. So then that puts them in a position to like not show up yeah. in their best light. Right. Like if you don't have confidence. And and so that's why I lead with just like trying to make mom or dad feel the best they possibly can in their sort of journey, journey through parenthood, because like, you're never going to lose with that, right? Like you're never going to lose if you make the parents feel better about, or more confident about how they are raising their children. Like that's a win every single time. I love
1: that. Love.
0: I'm wondering if you have any suggestions for how to handle the stress of our jobs, both like in the moment when when you're getting that frantic text message that that raises your blood pressure. And then also like after a consultation wraps up, if you feel like it's just not a slam dunk. And, dunk. and you know, I have cases that are not slam dunks. I have cases where I try so hard to help these parents just understand that their babies are babies and, and help them to realize that like they can thrive with a baby that's not a robot. And sometimes mom's don't love that because like they just really so badly want the robot, right? So how do we how do we handle these moments? Do you have sort of like techniques or strategies that you can offer to help us as sleep consultants maintain our own sort of mental health and blood pressure anxiety? and sanity?
1: Blood pressure. And by the way, when you go back to like yeah, sometimes someone wants the robot. Well, yeah, this is why there's like 300 flavors of ice cream, right? Like this is no different. And so. um, it's not, we're not everyone's flavor. And we understand that and actually can celebrate that. I think that's important for your sleep consultants to hear too, that like, if that orientation this sort of empathic mom first orientation doesn't feel appropriate for you, that's okay. And like, go find your own sleep community where they celebrate the 12 by 12 rigidity thing that might work in the moment and yet will not set up people for success long-term. Sorry for my soapbox, Jane. Anytime. Um, Right. So yeah, strategies. Oh, What I first think about is how to use modalities from CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, which is this idea that like, we have to sort of be present in the moment. So if I'm getting a text message that feels flooding and so overwhelming, and I feel my blood pressure rising, like you described before, I need to think about that signal as halt, stop, like I see a big red stop sign as I even say that, which means what do I need in this moment. So some people tend to feel like putting two feet on the floor, hand on your chest or hand on your belly, closing your eyes, silencing your cell phone, taking deep breaths. I'm happy to talk about how to breathe. Um, And really, really then asking yourself, what do I need in this moment? Some people might feel only alleviated with their anxiety by responding to the text message. Someone else might have to say, I'll get back to you in an hour. And someone else might have to, get in the shower and sort of wash off the toxicity, right? So I think let's find for the people on the call, like what feels right for you. And also knowing, no surprise with and, that it might feel different based on the client, based on where you are in your own life. And I think that's what you're really asking me. Like, when was the last time you refueled? Are you in therapy? Are you processing maybe what this mother that's texting you might be triggering for something that you've gone through in your life or that your sister-in-law is going through? Like just really thinking in these moments, what do I need for myself to feel more grounded? I think can be so powerful. And if you're someone who also can ask yourself that question, right? Because I think sometimes we lose senses and our understandings of like, ah, but there's a job to do. Some people also really benefit from having reminders on, on their phone all through the day. This is something I'm doing new in my practice right now where I'm trying to help people sort of be infiltrated throughout the day with their own experience versus being so focused on their job and their husband and their partner and their baby and their mental load list, right? So I hope this feels helpful in in just sort of stopping the process and really getting more comfortable with your own needs. I think we're so used to looking externally all the time into what our clients need and what our kids need and what, what's on, what, what am I going to cook tonight? And, And then sort of, you know, the friends and all the other pieces of our identity. And yet what you're asking is sort of like, what do we do when we're feeling not enough in the moment?
0: And until we can figure out what you need, we first have to just stop. I think that that's really good advice because when, when someone is coming at you with something that feels really extra, like a lot, mm-hmm. um, I think that sometimes our response is like to so quickly respond without even really fully, as you said, like taking a deep breath and thinking about how to best handle the situation in a way that supports your own mental well-being and the person on the other end, Right. And, and it's so hard because especially in this age of like digital technology, where we just are all expected to respond immediately. Right. I mean, I see this in my business, like people just message me at all hours and just sort of expect me to respond immediately. And, and that weighs on me a lot because I want to be the person that's incredibly supportive. And I want to answer everybody's questions and I want to be there for all of them, but also like what do I need for my, and like, (laughs) and I also need to survive. (laughs) And, and, you know, you, you find yourself, or at least I do, I find myself becoming a little bit salty when, Mm -hmm. when people expect me to be on every single second, that doesn't feel fair.
1: Well, that's such, there's your signal again. So instead of blood pressure rising, it was some resentment or some agitation in the text message. That's information. So let's, use it always, right? That then means to me, which I can absolutely relate to in my practice as well, like I need better boundaries. And like, I can't respond after 9 p.m. Or I cannot squeeze in that extra session or for you that sort of Zoom call, right? When you promised your kid that you were gonna do ice cream after school. I think this is actually something that's so important for sleep consultants that are listening that I know come to this work as we've talked about, right? Looking for sometimes maybe a side hustle or flexibility or to make their own income for the first time in their life and to have fluidity with mothering if you're a mother on the call, right? Or a parent. And I think- Really, again, thinking about it sounds so selfish because of our society that when I'm saying to everyone on the call, let's ask ourselves what we need first before we can take care of the client. And yet that's actually the only way that I think we can continue to show up. Um, And you know, I fully own and admit that again, as a caretaker, this is like a lifelong sort of journey and sometimes it feels better than others. So even just saying that for yourself, Maybe that's something that can also help as you're breathing. Like today, I know I need to show up for this client. It feels really important for her. And tomorrow I'm going to set an hour off of my schedule where I'm no phone. Is that good enough? Does that feel like good enough? You know?
0: Yeah. You're jogging my memory about something that happened last week on my birthday I was sitting outside with my family at the Cubs game. We were in Chicago. We were having a beautiful day and a former client texted me with like a long rant about what was going on with her child. And, you know, I always make it very clear on my wrap up calls that I'm happy to answer a quick question from former clients. Always. I just ask that they email me because like if I'm getting text messages from current clients and past clients, I've been doing this for years. It would be, it mayhem. Would be mayhem. mayhem. So I just ask that they email me. That's all I ask. And and you know, if it's a quick question that I can answer, I always will. And if it's something that's more involved, I'll redirect them to like an ask me anything call or to work with me again. And so she emailed me this whole long thing. And and she was expecting and she said, I just have a quick question. But like it wasn't a quick question, right? And so I was I was triggered by that. I was mm-hmm. I was salty about it, and so I took a moment and I yeah. like I, I I took a breath, but I also felt the need to respond because it was a text message. It, it was a text message, and all of my clients know that I always respond. So, you know, I I responded and I said, "Hey, like happy to answer a quick question in the future. If you could just." email me and I'll respond. Um, In this particular situation, I actually don't think this is a quick question. I think this is like worthy of a conversation. So if you'd like, here's a link to book an Ask Me Anything call. And and I'd love to chat with you about it. And I felt really proud of myself for, for setting that boundary. And her response was, again, like so upsetting. It was like, oh, well, you know, I thought you would be willing to just answer a quick question. I've sent you so many clients in the past, blah, 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 blah. And and so then I really felt the need to double down for my own mental well-being. I, I felt the need to say, like, you know, thank you for your continued support. I'm so grateful that that you do send business my way. I also I'm a small business owner and I need to set some boundaries for myself. And and this is what it looks like. And mm-hmm. she was not happy and she didn't respond, but I felt good. And I don't know if that's okay or not, but I needed to do that for myself because. And it's it good was, enough.
1: And it's good enough. And it was I, good I, enough. I, I want to say like, and I've seen you grow so much in your business too over the last few years. And, and I think maybe a couple of years ago, and for someone listening, someone might be like, oh, but Jane, you lost the client. You lost, you lost the business. And for someone who's new and starting and green and can't make that boundary yet, and yet maybe is yearning for it but wants the business and can't turn it down or sort of play that game. I think, again, both can be true here, right? Totally. a person can practice what it feels like to answer on their birthday and then maybe harbor resentment. That might be a learning opportunity for that person and for you all these years into this flourishing, beautiful business that you've built, right? That felt like what was necessary for you and let's celebrate that I'm, I'm, I'm really pumped to hear right I think one of the things that we can also do it makes me think about our five senses and how powerful is in this moment I'm picturing you at the Cubs game there's popcorn your kids maybe ones on your lap, just like hold something close to you like a child, like your heart. Like your legs and just feel where you are, because I also think it can ground you to and it's and sort of connect you to what's important in that moment, rather than all that noise that was coming through that did not feel necessary for you to answer in that moment. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. And I I did, for what it's worth, I did feel better. You know, I did feel better that I drew that boundary. It felt necessary in the moment. She didn't know that it was my birthday. She didn't know that I was at the Cubs game. The point is, that's why I asked you to email me so that like, I can maintain some quality of life. While still supporting my current clients, and Which, and isn't asking too much. But you chose
1: your mental health first, and no surprise, you felt better. So if that's not our message for today, for your sleep consultants, I don't know what is. Right, choose yourself and your own mind and well being and health first, and the business will continue to come. Can we trust that? I mean, I have to hear that too, right now, as someone who like you, right, tends to feel called and needed in all different directions all the time. And yet, um, have really started to shift throughout, you know, child rearing and all these other things that do complicate our time, our energy and our businesses.
0: Yeah. The other thing that really helps me, and I know again, like I think this is really hard for new sleep consultants that are just getting their businesses off the ground is I take really purposeful breaks. Mm I, I, I do that for myself and I didn't in the beginning. So, you know, for those who are listening to this and they're just getting started, you know, I, I worked through my Rehoboth Beach vacation the first summer that I was ever a sleep consultant. I worked through, you know, going to visit friends in New York. I was on my phone texting. I, I did that, but I don't do that anymore. I, I really do try to, you know, I'll take a pause and I'll tell families if they're on a call with me, wanting to start sleep training, but I'm leaving for a five night trip to Mexico with my husband, I'll say to them, like, I'm happy to help you, but I'm going to be away for the next five nights, I can start with you on the following Tuesday, or whatever that looks like. And, and they can take me or leave me. But for me, long term in my business, that's what I've had to do for myself. Otherwise, otherwise, this isn't what I signed up for, right? Like the whole point of me doing this was so that I could go on vacation and, and actually relax. And so that I could control, like, sometimes I work a lot. Sometimes I work a little. And, and if I'm not doing that in my business, then why am I even, why am I even in business? Right? Like that was the whole point of me starting my own business was to have that freedom and flexibility. And I have to, I think, work to maintain that.
1: We all do. I think as, as well in certain personalities and, and right. Um, and certain jobs that are client specific and also do come with um extra stress. But I think to your point, we most of us have to work at protecting ourselves um, and our boundaries and our values right when when we're working and also all these other people um people who also deserve to recharge and 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 rejuvenate just like our cars go to the gas station you know i always say this we we need gas too and i think you sound i'm really impressed and and um by by your shift in your business and and really prioritizing yourself while also knowing the business will continue to come there's the trust again and how important right to tell people out there to trust that it will keep coming even when you prioritize yourself it makes me think about what we're up against and why it's so hard to take breaks too jane it's not just when you're like that entrepreneur and like you just want to work 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 or make money i think that there's for 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 the parents on the call too and also just human beings we are up against so many shoulds right we 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 shouldn't have to take breaks we should Answer the call or the text. We we um what's what's another one right? You help me. We can we should just sort of have the answers. We society does make us feel right that taking breaks sometimes is selfish. It's very martyr like how we are programmed. I think and so many mothers and clients and professionals, right? That you and I work with. Deal. But I think modeling for our clients, that we also have to take care of ourselves so that we can take care of them might be a really, really important thing to, to share with the community today too.
0: I love that. And I just want to say that like, I'm still a work in progress, right? Like, you know, you're, you're saying that you're proud of me for how I'm doing. I can think of a million examples of like, when I don't set the boundary in a way that I'm proud of, right? Like, I will be on the phone with an, you know, an AirPod in my ear getting dinner on the table for my kids. And like that sometimes makes me feel like garbage because I want to like talk to my kids when I'm getting dinner ready for them. And sometimes I am and sometimes I'm not. And, you know, we all have room to improve and grow. And, you know, it's it's a steady work so- in progress. But I think that at least talking about it and being mindful about it is the first step in making better choices to protect our own, mental health and and well and physical well-being too because it Absolutely. literally can it can wreak havoc on your body not just your mind.
1: It's true. And by the way, as I think about that narration point from our first question before, like narrate that with your kids too, right? Like I really am almost done and I really have to answer this call. Um it's timely. I won't be on my phone for the rest of the night and I have to finish this one in this moment. So, right? Like just Let's keep talking about it with whomever, whether it's your kids, your partner, your clients, right? About the fact that you are trying to figure it out, and yet we cannot continue to wear four hundred hats all at the same time. Because it's it's to what end, right? To what end? Yeah.
0: Let's let's leave it at that. Thank you, as always, for sharing your wisdom. I, you know, for those listening, I was texting with Elizabeth before we got started. And I was like, I feel like this is going to be a therapy session. I'm super excited. And it was, it was great. So thank you for always being willing to have these conversations with me and share your wisdom with others. And we'll do it again soon, for sure.
1: Wait. Thank you again for having me.
0: Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Becoming a Sleep Consultant podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, it would mean so much to me if you would rate, review, and subscribe. When you rate, review, and subscribe, this helps the podcast reach a greater audience. I am so grateful for your support. If you would like to learn more about how you can become a certified sleep consultant, head over to my Facebook group, Becoming a Sleep Consultant, or to my website, thecpsm.com. Thanks so much. And I hope you will tune in for the next episode.